Welcome to Accounting 101, Episode 11, Perpetual and Periodic Inventory Methods and Cost of Goods Sold. Today we'll discuss the two different methods to track inventory as well as how we calculate cost of goods sold under each method. The two methods for tracking inventory are the Perpetual Inventory Method and the Periodic Inventory Method. If you are a retailer, inventory is the merchandise that you purchase for resale to customers. If you are a manufacturer, inventory represents the raw materials, goods in process, and finished goods that your company is manufacturing and will then sell. Accounting for manufacturers is a bit unique, and that will be covered in cost accounting. So we are going to focus our examples today on retailers that purchase finished goods and then sell them to customers, because that's the easiest way to reinforce the concepts that we are learning here. Inventory for a retailer is the balance of the goods available to sell to customers. The value of inventory under the United States Generally Accepted Accounting Principles, or US GAAP, is measured as the lesser of the cost that we purchase the goods for or their market value. Unless the market value of our inventory drops significantly, we're going to record our inventory at cost generally, which is the price that we purchased it for. The methods used to measure inventory are the last-in, first-out method, or LIFO, first-in, first-out method, or FIFO, and the weighted average cost method. Because there are several methods that we can use to measure our inventory, we're going to cover how we measure our inventory in a separate episode. I want to focus on the journal entries that we make under the perpetual and periodic inventory methods in this episode. The perpetual and periodic inventory methods are how we track or record inventory balances and the cost incurred by our company for the inventory that we sold to customers. The cost incurred by our company for the inventory that we sell to customers is known as cost of goods sold. The perpetual and the periodic inventory methods will dictate which accounts we are going to debit and credit during purchases and sales of inventory. FIFO, LIFO, and the weighted average cost methods can be used within either the perpetual or periodic methods. And again, FIFO, LIFO, and the weighted average cost methods are how we measure the inventory that we track. The perpetual and periodic inventory methods are going to determine which accounts we are debiting and crediting when we purchase and sell inventory. This is an important distinction to understand. So we have two methods available to record the activity of a company's inventory during the period, the perpetual and the periodic methods. The perpetual inventory method means that we are recording entries to track the inventory balance every time we purchase or sell inventory. And you also record the cost of goods sold at the time of each sale under the perpetual method. The periodic inventory method means that you will count your inventory at the end of each period and you will use that information to calculate your cost of goods sold at the end of the period. A tip to help remember is that the periodic method has the word period in it, whereas the meaning of the word perpetual is never ending or occurring repeatedly. So in the periodic method, inventory is counted at the end of each period, and you record your ending inventory at the end of each period in a journal entry that also records cost of goods sold. We will go over how we calculate that journal entry at the end of this episode. As I've already said a couple times, under the perpetual inventory method, 
we make entries to track the balance of inventory every time we purchase or sell inventory. For simplicity, I'm going to use accounts payable in the following examples, but inventory can also be purchased with cash, of course. The first difference between the perpetual and periodic methods is that when you purchase inventory using the perpetual method, you will debit inventory and credit accounts payable to record the purchase of inventory. When inventory is purchased under the periodic method, the credit will be the same whether it is to cash or accounts payable, but the debit will be different. The debit under the periodic method when we purchase inventory is to an expense account known as purchases. Purchases is a special type of expense account that is included in our calculation of cost of goods sold under the periodic method. So once again, under the perpetual method when we purchase inventory, we debit inventory and credit accounts payable. This entry increases inventory because inventory is an asset with a normal debit balance. And of course, that entry also increases accounts payable because it is a liability with a normal credit balance. Under the periodic method, we said that we debit purchases, which is an expense account, and we credit accounts payable. The debit to purchases will increase the purchases account because it is an expense account with a normal debit balance. So that's the first difference. You debit different accounts under the two methods when you make a purchase. The second difference is when you sell the goods, you are required to make two entries under the perpetual inventory method and only one entry under the periodic inventory method. Under the perpetual inventory method, you must make the following two entries. One entry to record the increase in cash or accounts receivable and the revenue that we earned for the sale to the customer. And one entry to record the cost of goods sold and the reduction in inventory for the inventory that was just sold. You may see this recorded as one or two separate entries, but it's easier to think of it as two separate entries because there are two distinct purposes and each separate entry will have a balanced amount of debits and credits, so it's easier to figure out the amounts when you break it into two entries. So under the perpetual method, a journal entry to record the sale, if we break it into two parts, would be we debit accounts receivable, assuming that the customer purchased on account, and we credit revenue. This entry records the sale, and this entry will increase both of those accounts and the debit to cash or accounts receivable must equal our revenue. Pause here if you need to figure out why both of the accounts are being increased in this transaction. The second entry we make under the perpetual method when we make a sale is to debit cost of goods sold and credit inventory. This is where we recognize cost of goods sold under the perpetual method. And the debit to cost of goods sold must equal the credit to inventory. This debit increases our cost of goods sold because it is an expense account, and this entry also reduces our inventory because it is an asset account with a normal debit balance. And it makes sense that we are crediting inventory because under the perpetual method, we need to track that this item is no longer in our inventory. Under the periodic method, when we sell a piece of inventory, we make just one entry, which is to record the sale. So under the periodic method, we will debit accounts receivable, or cash, and credit revenue when we make a sale. And of course, we know that the debits and credits in this transaction are going to be equal. We don't need to track the inventory in a journal entry during the sale under the periodic method. Because as we discussed earlier, under the periodic method, we are going to determine the inventory at the end of the period. And we will also determine our cost of goods sold at the end of the period under the periodic method.
So we do not record the cost of goods sold when we make a sale under the periodic method. The periodic inventory method is much easier to use because there is only one entry for a purchase and one entry for a sale of inventory. Personally, I do not run into the perpetual inventory method very often, but as you can tell, it is much more complicated. Let's go over some examples and let's focus on the concepts rather than the figures because as we discussed, the figures are going to be determined by whether we use LIFO, FIFO, or the weighted average cost method because those methods will determine which piece of inventory we say that we are selling, but we'll go more into that in the next episode. These different methods to measure inventory are what makes dealing with inventory difficult in Accounting 101. Knowing which journal entries to record under the periodic and perpetual methods is definitely something you should consider making index cards for if you're going to be tested on this. So let's do an example where we purchase inventory and return inventory under each method. If you were going to be recording a purchase of inventory on account from a supplier for $10,000 under the periodic inventory method, you would debit the expense account call purchases for $10,000 and you would record accounts payable for $10,000. This would increase purchases by $10,000 because it is an expense account with a normal debit balance and it increases accounts payable because accounts payable is a liability account with a normal credit balance. If you were to return the purchases made in this example, you would simply debit accounts payable for $10,000 and credit purchases for $10,000. And this would reverse the prior transaction, so both accounts payable and purchases would be back to where they were. If the same two transactions were to be recorded under the perpetual inventory method, you would just replace the purchases expense account with the inventory account, which is an asset. So to record a purchase under the perpetual inventory method, we would debit inventory for $10,000, which would increase our inventory account because it's an asset, and you would still credit accounts payable for $10,000. If you were to make a return to the vendor under the perpetual method, you would debit accounts payable and credit inventory, and this would reverse the entry we just made. Take a minute here, pause if you need to, make sure you understand how and why each of those accounts are being increased and what it's doing. So let's ignore those returns we did under those previous examples and let's just say that we purchased $10,000 of inventory. Well, if we sell half of our inventory for $8,000 to a customer on account, we would record the following transaction under the periodic method. We would debit accounts receivable for $8,000 and credit revenue for $8,000. This would increase both of those accounts. If we do the same example under the perpetual inventory method, we have to make two entries. We would still make the same entry that we had where we have to record the sale where we debit accounts receivable for $8,000 and credit revenue for $8,000. Under the perpetual inventory method, we also have to make an entry to record our change in inventory and our cost of goods sold. We said that we sold half of our $10,000 inventory that we had purchased. so. For simplicity, let's say that our inventory was reduced by $5,000. Under the perpetual inventory method, our second entry would be debit cost of goods sold $5,000, credit inventory for $5,000. This entry will increase our cost of goods sold by $5,000 and decrease our inventory by $5,000. So you see that under the perpetual inventory method, our cost of goods sold is recorded as we track the reduction in our inventory. And under the periodic method, we measure our cost of goods sold at the end of our period. Under the periodic method, cost of goods sold is calculated by a formula that again deserves an index card. This is important. 
And this is the formula that we are going to use to record our journal entry that records our ending inventory and our cost of goods sold. Cost of goods sold under the periodic method equals our beginning inventory balance plus our purchases less our ending inventory balance. Quick side note, when you read about some of the big frauds that have taken place with public companies, some of those frauds took place because management was messing with the inventory count. If you are a public company, you want to show more income because your stock price will go up. So some fraudsters have purposely inflated their inventory with empty containers, moved the inventory around to different locations, or found some other way to trick the auditors. Since ending inventory is a negative number in the cost of goods sold calculation under the periodic method, the larger the ending inventory, the lower the cost of goods sold expense is, which means that you will show higher income. I know this concept is a little tricky at first, but just think about it a little bit with the formula and it will make sense. So let's do an example of that cost of goods sold formula under the periodic method. Let's say that our beginning inventory was $20,000, our purchases were $150,000, and our inventory at the end of the period was $30,000. Once again, our formula is beginning inventory plus purchases less ending inventory equals cost of goods sold. Our cost of goods sold in this example is $140,000, which is our $20,000 beginning inventory balance plus $150,000 of purchases, less our ending inventory of $30,000. Under the periodic inventory method, we must make an adjusting journal entry at the end of the period to record our inventory count and cost of goods sold. We have to make two debits and two credits for our adjusting journal entry. So back to our example, we said that our beginning inventory was $20,000 plus our purchases of $150,000 less our ending inventory balance of $30,000 meant that we have cost of goods sold of $140,000. So now we have to record that onto the general ledger at the end of the year. Our adjusting journal entry at the end of the year under the periodic method is to debit our inventory for $30,000 to record our ending inventory, debit cost of goods sold for $140,000 to record our cost of goods sold, credit inventory by $20,000 to reverse out our beginning inventory, and credit our purchases account by $150,000 to empty out that account. Our total debits are $170,000, and our total credits are $170,000 which is a good sign that our debits equal our credits. The effect of this entry is that our general ledger now reflects our ending inventory balance of $30,000 because we made a credit to inventory for our beginning balance of $20,000, which would reduce our inventory to zero, and then we made a debit for $30,000 to increase it back to what it should be. And this entry also recorded our cost of goods sold at the end of the period because we made a debit to cost of goods sold, which is an expense account. Our purchases account will be zero now because we transferred the balance of purchases to cost of goods sold in inventory. Purchases does not survive to the end of the year. Purchases gets transferred in this journal entry to cost of goods sold and inventory. Our cost of goods sold balance will be shown on our income statement right below revenue. Our revenue less our cost of goods sold equals our gross profit, also known as gross margin. We can calculate our gross profit percentage by taking our gross profit divided by our revenue. Also, 
in that entry we adjusted our inventory balance, and that will be shown on the asset section of the balance sheet. So that's all I have on the perpetual and periodic inventory methods and cost of goods sold. Unfortunately, this is going to take some memorization to know which debits and which credits to make under each method. The key takeaways from this episode is that for the periodic method, inventory and cost of goods sold balances will be determined at the end of the period using the formula and journal entry we just went over. For the perpetual inventory method, we track our inventory and cost of goods sold every time we purchase or sell goods, which is why we are required to make two entries when we sell inventory to our customers. In your accounting class, you are going to need to combine the concepts that we went over today with the concepts of FIFO, LIFO, and the weighted average cost method, and that can be a little bit difficult. In a nutshell, what LIFO, FIFO, and the weighted average cost method do is they determine which piece of inventory that we sold, but we'll get more into that in the next episode. Please take a minute to rate and review the show on whichever platform you are listening to, and help other people find it. Thanks for joining me. I hope you learned something today. I'll speak to you next time.